Welcome to the Crazy Jay Podcast Show, folks. This is your main man, aka Crazy Crockett, aka Unger's Podcast, the Crazy Jay Podcast Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I created this podcast for multiple reasons. I did it for myself, I did it for other people who are disabled, who don't have a voice. Here I'm the voice. I'm doing it for uh, anyone that, you know, is trying to find something new in their life to start. And podcasting has become one of my things I want to try to do. I've been doing this for maybe six months, a year. I'm just, you know, learning my ropes still. But I'm going to make this happen, Captain. So usually I have my buddy Parlay Sean here. He's not here with me today. He's doing other stuff. But I have to get things rolling for this particular reason. For because the Florida State's football team is now in the playoffs. How does a 13-0 team not in the playoffs? This is the first time ever that a, a, a undefeated team is not in the playoffs. This is something that's uh, a, a very amazing, very, very uh, disturbing. The BCS could have saved themselves. The BCS, the uh, college football people who who vote stuff in could have saved themselves could have made college football for what it is i mean think about this folks even the coach for florida state said he said mr mike mr mike norval said what is the point of playing the game what is the point of playing a game if you're not going to be honored or respected or what am I looking for? If you're not going to get credit for going 13-0, your star, your star quarterback, Jordan Travis, is out, and you go 13-0, what does that say to the rest of the college kids or other people and other athletes? Or the people who are good workers. This is what they say to, to, to good workers. Well, if we don't like you enough, or you're not cool enough, you don't belong in the big playoff game. You don't belong in our group of circle at work. You don't get that raise. That's basically what they're telling Florida State football team. You're not good enough. You... We need to protect our ratings. We need to protect TV time. We want things to be smoothed out. The SEC needs a team in there. Why do they need a team in there? That doesn't make sense. They lost to Texas earlier in the year. Doesn't that make sense? If you lose to another seeded team at the beginning of the year and then you lose, LSU's not in the, in the playoffs. They lost too. So that didn't make any sense. I think they lost to Alabama. But that doesn't make any sense. Why would, why would, why would that, why would anybody watch Alabama versus Michigan now? Because they know that Florida State should be there instead of Alabama. I think Alabama got lucky again. I think they're, you know, they're kind of like that spoiler bratty ass kid that that gets what he wants, and everyone around the circle understands that their parent doesn't see that their kid is a jerk. And that's what Alabama really is, a jerk. I'm not saying the players are jerks, 
I'm not saying Nick Saban's a jerk. I think that if you look at it the way I'm trying to say this is that Alabama is a child and the in the BCS poll or the committee or the BCS committee are their parents and the parents are giving Alabama their kid the uh the benefit of the doubt. But what does this mean? This means that Michigan McCarthy has a has a chance to do something that Tom Brady has done. Beat Alabama. This is going to be a good game for for Michigan. It's going to be a tough game for Michigan. Can Michigan actually score points in the first half? Can they keep can they keep the intensity in the beginning of the game? Can they keep Alabama on their toes or at least away from the end zone? Are they going to be able to compete with a offense type athletes? Now, given that Michigan and Alabama are very similar, I think Alabama has a couple better athletes and bigger guys, offense and defense line guys. I think that's what makes the difference of that game. But if you look at these two teams, you're going to see two things. You're going to get an offense, a pro offense football. These guys, Alabama and Michigan, are built for the pros. This is why these guys go to the NFL. This is why you see Hutchinson. This is why you see uh, Nucky Harris for the Steelers. But look, but look, but look. If you look at this, that if you have Florida State in the placement of Alabama, I think without Jordan, without uh, Jordan Travis, I just don't think they have enough firepower in their quarterback. They hardly beat Louisville 16-6, but some people say that, well, they still won, but that game in itself was sloppy. It was just bad. Their quarterback, uh, Brooke Glenn, a rookie, was 8 for 21, 55 yards, 2.6 yards per throw. That game, I, I, I just can't. You know, I, you know, as much as I don't like the BCS committee, I just don't know that would have been good TV. I just, I know it's not fair, but I mean, and I'm, I just don't know. I mean, Florida State deserves every, every, every vote from every college football fan out there. And I think that what they should have really done is gone to, to, to the, uh, coaches poll, and have the coaches decide. Maybe that's how it is, but I think they should have the coaches poll. The coaches decide who goes to the tournament or to the playoffs. Should it be uh, Alabama? Or should it be Florida State? And then I think, to be honest with you, I think most of the people out there tell you that most of the coaches would have said Florida State, and that that they that could and they could have saved and they could have saved the big yeah they could have saved the playoffs. They really could have. They really, 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 really could have. Um, how about this? 
How about this? Well, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's look at this in a fair way. So Florida State only wins, beats Louisville 16-6. And then they won, Florida, uh, Florida State won, beat Duke 16 seed at the time, 38-20. to 20. And then they beat LSU 45-24. to 24. That was a hell of an upset. So that in itself should be the reason why they should be in there. Um, you know, Michigan, well, I would do this. Michigan only had two tough teams. Iowa, no, Penn State, and Ohio State. And this, so the B, obviously the B, Ohio State, 30-24. was a tough game. It was a lot closer than what I thought it would have been. Um. They beat Penn State at Penn State, 24-15. That was huge for Michigan. Uh, and then, they, of course, for the Big Ten Championship, they blew out Iowa. But that game was game was a little sloppy. It was not. They had a couple good spots, a couple good drives. But, it was, you know, I'm kind of concerned. Are you going to be that team against Alabama? Are you going to run slow? You can't wait to the second half to adjust. You're not. That's not going to help you out. Um, if you look at Alabama's schedule, they beat Georgia, 27-24, the SEC championship. That was an upset in itself. They Alabama uh, then beats Ole Miss, 24-10, and they they get killed. Well, they didn't get killed, but they lost to Texas, 34-24. So that was just, that in itself could be a reason why they shouldn't even be in the playoffs in the first place. But who? But what am I talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about because I don't like Alabama. All you Michigan State fans probably hate Alabama because uh, Nick Saban was a, a coach at, at, at Michigan for like one year, and he just bucked out and left. I think he went to LSU, actually, to tell you the truth. But... Yeah, that's just why people hate Alabama. And not because they don't like the school or not like they don't like the students, but it's because they get helped by the BCS or the bullshit committee. Call it that, right? So, so, so of course you're going to be upset by that. I mean, if anybody, that should be in the... If it, instead, you should just pick the Oregon. If you, if, if you can't pick... Florida State over Alabama, then you might as well pick Oregon. But you know, Oregon lost to the problem is is Oregon lost to Washington twice. So that you can't have that happening. That'd be obnoxious. So so again, if we talk about Washington, you got Washington that beat uh Colorado forty two to six when Colorado was nineteen. Uh, Oregon, well, Washington beat Oregon 33-36 to the first time. And Oregon beats Utah 35-6. to And then Oregon State in Oregon, Oregon beats 31-7. So, there you go. So you have, like, say, three teams next year that are going to be in the playoffs. That's going to be in the Big Ten. 
got Washington, you got Michigan, and then you got Oregon. It's phenomenal. Big Ten is going to be huge next year. You know, it, it, I mean, to tell you the truth, I think that's a good thing that this happened for the Big Ten because, to tell you the truth, for you know, for Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State, they only have two good games to play against one another or someone else. That's not that's not good. I mean, that's not really that's not good for competition. The whole point of com- competing is to compete against your peers, against a team that's just as good as you are. So it's possible. It is possible. So, so I hope, I hope Michigan wins. But I do think for all the team that's going to win the, I think what's going to happen is that I have a feeling that um, Washington should come out strong. It's going to be either Washington or Texas. I really do. I think they, I think they're just faster, quicker. I think that. Michigan will have to have everything working in their cylinders and their cars, their pistons, your everything. Everything's got to run like a perfect piece of art for Michigan to win. I just don't think that I I, I just don't think Alabama will be able to be uh Texas or Washington. And unfortunately one of the best games of the, of the of the year would be Texas and Washington, and hopefully I'm not at work. But that be that's gonna be the game of the well. You get well, I think you get three and six. I mean, th- uh, three and two. Who are gonna play against each other? That's gonna be a phenomenal game. But I do pick, I do pick, either Texas or Washington to win it all. I just don't think Michigan's fast enough. And I don't think their running back is quick enough. I think he's consistent, but I don't think he's quick enough. I think that um, Edwards is going to have to have the game of his career for both of the games or all the games. I think Karam is a little too small. But Edwards is going to be a key factor if Michigan wants to win the Big Ten. I mean, not the Big Ten, the championship. Jesus. I keep saying stuff back and forth I already made a mistake twice as I'm trying to air this so well here we go well you know what we should talk about Texas why not so Texas Texas they beat Oklahoma 49 to 12 they beat Kansas State 33 to 30 uh, they lost to Oklahoma, thirty to thirty-four. That was actually a real fun game to watch. That really was. I think that's probably one of my favorite games of the year to watch, besides the Michigan Ohio State game. Uh, I I just think it's better, even better than Oregon, Oregon State, or even Washington, Washington State. I think that that game, wherever it was played, it was played in like a neutral zone, and that was such a cool thing to see. One side was all red for Oklahoma, and one side was all orange and white for Texas Longhorns. That was probably one of my favorite games. I was, I was more than happy to see Bama lose. I really was. That was probably one of my favorite reasons why to watch Alabama lose. Um, uh, so that's why I think Texas will win. 
Texas or Was or Washington. I think Washington's quarterback, uh, who was in Indiana a couple years ago, is a beast. Uh, Pinnock, I think that's his last name. I think he's gone. I think he should win the Heisman. I know that Bo Nix is in the race too, but I think Pinnick should win the Heisman. And to put my twenty cents in there. Um, top news for Michigan State: They hired Jonathan Smith, thirty-four to the thirty-five record, six years at at um, at uh, Oregon State. Graduated from Oregon State, was a player at Oregon State. I think um, is. Married, has a wife, had three kids. Um, I was a little bit more surprised that we had to pay off his contract. Well, not we, but Michigan State had to pay off his contract for him to get out of the contract from Oregon State. I think that's probably one of the safest things that Michigan State can do. Have a family man, uh, someone that has morals, I guess you'd call it. Not to say that Coach Tucker didn't have morals, but, you know, Michigan State, they got a lot of bad seeds right now. And by turning into a guy who's balanced or a very homebody or very uh, uh, traditional, it's probably the best thing that happened for Michigan State. So do I think he, he can turn that program around? He's got a big challenge against, well, at least he's going to have an advantage that he'll know that he's going against Washington and Oregon and UCLA, USC. So he'll get that experience to come to the Big Ten for Michigan State. That's probably one of the best reasons why they hired him for that job, to understand how to play against those type of teams. So maybe that's why they hired him. I don't know. Um, Patrick Kane is going uh, to be playing for Detroit Red Wings. Detroit Red Wings are on a hot streak. They won overtime a couple nights ago. Um, but Patrick Kane's coming off a hip surgery. Um, today is Monday, so he had his first full practice with the Red Wings. Uh, One-year contract uh, will bring experience to the to the uh, to the Red Wings, um, probably an opportunity to score a lot more points. So that's something to be hopeful. Uh, Detroit has a really good way of bringing uh, old, not old, but veterans to their team. They did it with uh, Bobby Hall Jr. They did it with uh, Shanahan, and now they're doing it with Patrick Kane. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and it's Stanley Cup winner with the Chicago Blackhawks. So that's that's something to look, in, look forward to. I don't think I would expect him to be phenomenal or above great in the first month or maybe two months. It'll probably take him a couple of months to get his legs underneath him. Um, I mean, he just had surgery. So he hasn't, probably hasn't been on the ice that much. Well, he's in recovery, so he had surgery last year. But uh, that's going to be fun to see. That's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be one of those things to care about. Um, 
Let's talk about the Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons, what can I say? They're not looking so good. They've won. They they haven't won in 18 games. Seriously, 18 games. I think Monty Williams is. He has no idea what's going on. I think that I I don't know if you can blame the owner of Detroit Pistons, but I don't think Monty Williams knows what's going on. I don't think he understands why someone had to develop Isaiah Stewart's three-point shot when he doesn't even have that athleticism to do that. He's a good shooter. I mean, I guess they say he shoots 40%. That must be a great thing. But you, you have his body, the way that his body looks, it looks like he should be rebounding and being a low, scrapey, hard player that sets up other shooters like Cade and Ivy for three-point shots. I just think that I just think that they're just using Stewart in the most wrong way. I just would not want Duran to start shooting three pointers because everyone else in the league is doing so. I mean, you just I don't know why they do that. I just think that one of the things that the problems Detroit has is that they give up the ball, they give up the turnovers a lot, and a lot of times it's because they don't know where they're going to throw the ball to because they're either on a fast break. Or try and set up a play, but when they set up a play, no one's actually doing anything. There's not a double pick for Ivy. There's not a a screen play for K Cunningham. There's just not. It's just it's 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 a weird game to watch Detroit. I feel like they're playing street ball in the worst way possible. I feel like every time I watch Detroit, it's like a bunch of guys that have never played against or played with each other on the same team, and then they mess it up so bad that the team stinks. And the only player that's actually decent is Cade Cunningham. And you know what I was going thought they were going to do? I thought that Cade Cunningham would not be able to be uh, stay on the court or not get hurt. I really thought that, this is what I really thought. I thought that Cade Cunningham would have came back Maybe scored 15 points a game. I thought that Ivy was going to get a ball more. And then Ivy was going to get like 22 points a game. And then Kay was going to get 15. And then and then Brooke, uh, the trade for Devin Booker would have uh, sent Kay Cunningham to Phoenix. And Devin Booker would have came to Detroit. But you know what I think is going to happen is in the offseason... I think Ivy is going to get traded to the Phoenix Suns now. And then Devin Booker is going to come to Detroit. But, you know, I'm more, I'm more amazed that uh, Kay Cunningham is, you know, he's got numbers. He's got 24 points for the last five, six games in the season for Detroit. Uh, he's shooting real well. He, he seems to get, the thing that, Makes Kay Cunningham different than than Ivy right now is that Ivy cannot create his own shot to get open because I don't know if he ha- if he doesn't have that shot yet. I think I think Kay Cunningham can hit the ball from three point land or a seventeen footer, and I think one of the things that Ivy's having problems with is that 
his spacing problems. I feel like a lot of times if the pick isn't for him or they're not on a fast break, he doesn't know what to do without the ball. And I think they need to maybe set up a double pick, a double uh, pick for for um, for Ivy. But Ivy is going to have to understand that you're going to have to hit those 17, 15 footers. You're you're going to have to uh, run picks for other players as well, even for Kate, or run a double pick for both of those guys with Duran somewhere on the top key. And then you have Cade Cunningham and and Ivy running the opposite directions on their own setup picks. And who's ever open gets the ball, gets to shoot it. But I do think that I do think that uh um I do think that uh Ivy needs to sl- slow the game down. I think he needs to learn how to play defense. I think he's, I think he's the more athletic one of all the, all the rookies and the first year guys. But I, I could be totally wrong. I mean, there's, there's um, there's one other guy, Mark Sasser. Marcus Sasser, he's playing real well. I mean, he 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 seems to be able to. Uh, make shots for himself. Uh, move without the ball real well. Um, Alex Burke is a another is a veteran that he seems to know where he's at on the court. I just think that there's just way too much. There's not enough movement without the ball, and I do think that one of the biggest problems that Detroit has is that they don't rebound sh- their own shots. They're like one and done. As soon as some guy shoots it, it doesn't matter if it's Kate. <clears throat> it doesn't matter if it's Kate Cunningham. It doesn't matter if it's Ivy. It doesn't matter if it's Sasser. It doesn't matter if it's Alex Burks or Duran. Whoever, they're one and done, and they're not even trying to get rebounds. And I've said this before. that Detroit almost needs that uh, Coach Izzo philosophy. You're not that good yet. You haven't found your shot. You can't space you can't figure out your spacing yet with each other. So what we're gonna to have to do is rebound a lot of the shots. Or follow your shot or get a bunch of rebounds. And that's probably one of the best places to start is follow your shot and play full court defense when needed. And I think it's I think it is possible. I really do. I just think that, you know, I'm not a Michigan State fan. I don't like Izzo that much. I think one of the things I don't like about Izzo is that he keeps yelling at players even after the game is way out of reach. Even if they're winning by 20 points or 30 points, he just yells. But one of the things that he does know how to do is coach. And one of the the fundamentals of a team that is not good yet is rebounding their shots. Or if you get in a cold streak, you got to rebound your shots. You got to give the team a second chance. So, I don't know what Monty Williams is doing. I think that he's got a lot of talent on that team. I just think that he doesn't know how to use these guys yet. I, and I think the, one of the issues is this. 
I think Alex Burke is the only guy other than Kay Cunningham that that can be a spot-up shooter or make a play for himself. And and when I say a, a spot-up shooter, I think Ivy can shoot, but he's not consistent where he can just shoot every time the ball is passed to him. I think Sasser is a little bit better when it comes down to that spot-up shooting. But, you know, you got to learn how to do that. So, I feel bad for Flores Day. I think Bama got lucky again. Bama's like your stepsister or stepbrother that gets their way, even if you know that they're wrong. But, um, yeah, this is a short episode. But I felt like I had to make an episode about about the BCS playoff picture. So, there you have it. Uh, it's only about 30 minutes long. Uh, give me uh, a, uh, a lead. Give me a follow. Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Give me your real opinion of what you think. If there's a topic that you want me to talk about, if there's someone that you want me to talk to, let me know. This is why it's called the Crazy J Podcast Show. I try to talk about everything. So, peace, love, and uh, I hope everyone has a good week. Uh, in a couple of days, I'm going to have Ron back on the show. He's coming back from a vacation. Well, not vacation, but a, uh, um, a, a muscular dystrophy meeting that he went to in Pennsylvania. So, that's cool. All right. Folks, this is the Crazy J Podcast Show. You can find me on Spotify. You can find me on uh, Apple. You can find me on any other platform out there. Uh, I like to thank uh, Podbean. I like to thank Podbean.com, Buzzsprout.com. You know, I'm trying to find my wave. So, see ya.